happy Monday, y'all. Welcome to the Melanated Way. I'm Linda Entwi. Listen, y'all. Listen. Woo! What a, it's been a crazy few weeks. And like, it's been a crazy few weeks. So we're back. I want to say the B word, but I'm just really just too scared to say a lot of things on, on YouTube. I don't even know what happened, but we are back. Thank you guys all for hanging in with me. Thank you guys all so much for the support, the kind words, uh, the cash apps and Venmos from my Patreon subscribers. I appreciate you guys so very much. Uh, shout out to Christina, uh, who was down in the trenches with me. Uh, shout out to Gio, who was like a daily support. Um, and to my Patreon family, just, you know, I love you guys. You guys are the best. And, uh, I appreciate being back on YouTube. What up live chat? Hey girls. Hey, and guys, Hey. So, um, yeah, there was a lot. I just, I'm not actually going to get into too many details. I'll just say that there was a lot of prayers going on and I still don't really understand what exactly happened, but it happened. They deleted my channel. I woke up this morning and one of you all, one of the subscribers said, oh, you're back. And I didn't even realize we were back. And then I checked my emails and, you know, YouTube said they did it erroneously. I'll actually, maybe, maybe I'll read it. Should I read it? Maybe I'll read parts of it. Um, Hi, Linda Entry, The Melanated Way. We're pleased to let you know that we recently reviewed your YouTube account. And after taking another look, we can confirm that it is not in violation of our terms of service. We have listed the suspension of your account and is once again active and operational. We'd like to thank you for your patience. While we reviewed this case, our goal is to make sure content doesn't violate our community guidelines so that YouTube can be a safe place for all. And sometimes we make mistakes trying to get it right. We hope you understand and we're sorry for any inconvenience or frustration this has caused. So, I mean, you guys, I try to stay in my own lane. I try to do my own little thing. I don't get into YouTube words. I don't even, you know, uh, you know, you guys, y'all know me. You guys are not new here. So whatever it is, it's done. Thank you, God. Um, so yeah, here we are. Here we are. So we're going to jump into, I cannot wait to talk about this, 90 Day Fiance The Other Way, Season 4, Episode 3, If You Jump, You Plunge. And I have special guests because, you know, we love her here. She's family. April's in the house. Hello. <laughs> Ooh, April, what a week. What a week. April's like, um... What's up with your YouTube page? I'm like, I don't, I don't know. They deleted it, girl. They deleted it. I'm so glad you're back. Me too. Me too. Because, and you know what, you guys, it just reminds me that A, back everything up, um, have a plan B, and like, don't forget to pray because I feel like as you grow and um, just grow as a person, grow as a channel, grow as a creator, there's going to be a lot of things out there that are going to be obstacles in your way. And so you have to be prepared for that. So I was not prepared, y'all. And it happened on Valentine's Day. And I didn't have a Valentine's. And I couldn't even talk to y'all. What? <laughs> I'm sad it happened to you. But at the, at the time, I needed more space on my computer. So I was like, oh, I have videos on YouTube. I don't need to keep those on my computer. 
And then that happened. And I was like, mm. yeah, I have a lot of videos. So um, I'm trying to create a whole backup plan and all the things. And you guys, I'm going to create a backup page um as well so i'm going to tell you guys to subscribe to that as well i do have uh the gadget girly i know april you were able to find it that is definitely like old old one that i started because you know i'm all about technology but i am going to tell you guys about it um so that you know where else to to go that being said what were your overall thoughts of this episode april and by the way there's a bunch of hey aprils uh <laughs> Hey April, hey April. Hi everybody. Hey, Kale says, hey April. Rodella says, hey April. <laughs> Rebecca says, I love your positivity because I would be ready to cuss <laughs> out. Rebecca, listen, girl, listen. I I would be still cussing if I was going to cuss some people out. So I just have to like roll with the punches. I was really upset earlier this week. Um, but. I will tell you this, you guys, there's a lot of good people out there. There's a lot of good people out there. And I was surrounded by a lot of positivity and kind words. Someone started like a Reddit, which, you know, shout out to that person. Someone sent me an email saying, I'm in crisis. I can't find your channel. And so I really just realized that, you know, we do a lot of great stuff here on this page and we, um, we touch lives and you guys touch our lives. And so thank you for for all the kind words and the supports and the prayers and all the things. April, what are your thoughts? Do you have anybody to root for? I don't have anybody to root for yet. In this season? Yes. I'm about Debbie. I like her eccentric vibes. I think her son is a little bit on the shady side, but we'll talk about it. But Debbie's living her best life and I'm here for it. I just want somebody to like. I, I haven't, I mean, I like Danielle, but I want somebody to be like, oh my God, I really want this to work for them against all odds. I want it to happen. And I don't feel that way about anybody. Wow. Hey, my wife, Crystal. Hey, girl. Hey, from across the pond. <laughs> um, I, okay, well, let's get into it. So we're going to start with Chris and Jimmy, Jamie, Jimmy, Jamie. <laughs> I, okay, so, you know, the last time we were here, because there wasn't an episode last week, but the previous week, April, the last time we were here, you know, I said a lot of stuff about Chris. We had Jemmy in the live chat. Am I saying it right? Is it Jamie or Jemmy? The way she says it is Jamie, but it's pronounced like it's Jemmy, right? I mean, it's yeah. spelled like it's Jemmy. Maybe it's because in Spanish, the E is an A. A, yeah. So let's go with Jamie. Um, so... I already think Chris is problematic. And, you know, I also told you guys that I think Jamie's going to be problematic. So now we have two problematic people that have finally met up in Colombia. And I just still don't understand how we're already here. So they've never met in person. Jamie's excited that Chris is landing. But, you know, Chris is coming with not only a bunch of bags, with but with a bunch of baggage. And I don't think personally, April, that she's worked through the baggage that she's bringing. And no. I'm not talking about her clothes. Absolutely not. So uh, she's like getting on a, and don't forget you guys, this is the first time that Chris has ever left America. First time on a plane. First, first, first. She's marrying this woman that she's never met. She sent over money so that this woman could get an apartment that they can both live in, but she never saw the apartment. Didn't get like the, both of them didn't get approvals together. 
Jamie just said, went ahead and said, I'm going to sign the lease, even though it's more than the budget and you're paying, but who cares? Like, I, I don't know if there's more red flags possible, April. Yeah. What were your thoughts? Yeah, I, I am not super hopeful about it because where is even the conversation about why you decided to go over budget? Right. Like. Right. Because you guys know all the issues that are coming up with all these couples or all the things I already tell you guys, why did you not have the conversation about money? Why are you guys not having the conversation about religion? Why are you guys not having the conversation about children? Why, why, why? She's why also are you guys not having the conversation about sex? Even yeah. these two. And I want to put a disclaimer out because I'm a little video shy after they tried to cancel me on YouTube. But I want to be able to talk freely and openly about the issues that are presented here because it's a really a learning lesson. So anyone who has sensitive ears or whatever, if you guys are trying to like, I don't know, report my page or whatever, when we're talking about transgender stuff, we're talking about um, uh, same-sex couples, all the things is because I'm trying to learn and I'm trying to educate myself. And I think with education comes understanding. With understanding comes love. So if that's not for you, then just move along, but don't wreck it for the rest of us who are trying to learn. April has a lot of knowledge and information. And I've said that since the beginning of this season. And I love having her on the show. Plus she's already family. So why not learn from her? Right? So we probably going to be talking about some stuff here. I'm not trying to violate anything. I'm just letting y'all know. Okay. It's all education. So we can understand each other. And I think that the more we understand, the less we will discriminate. And discrimination comes in lots of ways. It's not just racial discrimination, right? Transgenders go through some different um, discrimination. Same sex go through some, some different discrimination. Just discrimination in general. So let's talk about it. Let's all be adults. We don't all have to agree, but we can talk about it. Right. So... <laughs> so Chris is coming into not only having never left the country, she's cultural shock is going to be an issue. She's never lived in a city. She lives in a rural part of Alabama and they're in a city. Um, and she's also never openly been in a lesbian relationship. She said she go to gay clubs. So that part. Yeah, this is gonna be her first time in an actual open lesbian relationship. Like what what else can we pile on top of them? Right. And and also we don't even see how she deals with like adversity we we already know she's in a brand new place so like you said there's a lot of stuff that you have to be a very strong person to have all these changes happen all at once and not think that it's going to affect you exactly and then you still want to talk about you know you have narcolepsy night terrors all the things and i'm not convinced that there's not like a substance abuse situation going on yeah. you know I'm what i mean also. so so she lands, she does what I call uh, the Darcy airport bath, where she does the freshen up that Darcy made so mm -hmm. famous. Uh, and then they meet, they hug, they kiss. They're like, I waited a year for this moment. They think each other is beautiful. It's like a whole meet cute. They think it's perfect. You're perfect. No, you're perfect. Listen, y'all, that moment 
is probably going to be the best moment they have <laughs> of the whole trip. Because I'm going to tell you right now, yes, I called it a trip. I don't think, April, by the end of this season, that these two are going to still be together. I don't have high hopes. I don't have high hopes. Um, and even Chris says, so much could go wrong. And she realizes that she's not, hey, Amanda, hey, girl, hey. She's not in Alabama anymore. Okay. And I mean, she's never left Alabama. So she's in for a lot of shocks. Yes. In her life. But I feel like they're in this like bubble. They're in this like mm -hmm. love bubble mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. unrealistic, April, because they built up their relationship in their mind, mm -hmm. what they think it's going to be, but they don't have any real life practical experience. And you guys already know, uh, and you can come for me all you want. I don't believe online relationships are real romantic relationships until you have spent time in real life with that person. Yeah. And I'm going to take it one step further because of the crazy week that I've already had or last week, whatever day it is. And I'm going to say this, y'all can meet and be on vacay, holiday mode, but it's not the same thing when you live with the person. And these two now have moved in together and neither of them, like April said, have ever been in the same sex out, out couple. Is that how you say it? Yeah, like just, you know, an official couple out and about. That's it. You know, that hasn't happened. And now she's going to be, you know, unless she learned Spanish and they didn't show it yet, she's 100% reliant on Jamie to do even the most basic of things. That's a lot of pressure on any relationship. And then Jamie's also going to expect her to financially care for, for her, right? Mm -hmm. So we that talk about, oh, well, I told her to get this apartment and then she went $100 over budget. Yeah. And we already know that Chris was sending Jamie money Right. The past. So like the dynamic is, in my opinion, is already off. It reminded me of, remember when Ed and Rose were out in the street mm -hmm. and he was trying to buy something and she just snatched the money from his hand and, and paid it. Like she just didn't think that was a big deal because you're American, you have more money. Yeah. And so just give it to these workers who need it. Yeah. So it's already like that mindset. I feel like Jamie might have a little bit of that mindset. What is a hundred dollars to you? It's no big deal. That part. That part. So they're on the way to their new house. Um, and they're still like in this romantic bubble. Jamie's like, this is my happiness forever and forever. And I don't know if I'm just a pessimist, but I'm like, y'all have met each other for five minutes. Yeah, of course, it's going to seem like forever and ever. But let's get to the apartment and let's see what happens. Mm -hmm. We'll see. We'll see. So... <laughs> Um, what we find out is that Chris asked Jamie to move to a different apartment because she felt like Jamie's old apartment was too small. She wanted, quote, and like when I say I cringed, I cringed because it's just such an American mentality. And I'm not coming for you Americans, but I'm just saying when you travel, you guys are a little funny style. You can go she, for us. You can come for us. She wants a American kitchen, quote, unquote. And finds out that Jamie picked the place without discussing it with her, without saying that she's going to be over budget. But Jamie thinks that she did a good thing because she got all the requirements that Chris said that she was going to need. Mm -hmm. um, they open the door and this is the thing. And again, I may be my own person. I might be like, you know, not the popular opinion, but here's what I'm going to tell you. 
They open the doors. Apartment's nice. It's great. April's great. But what I'm not about to do is spend a bunch of money on some friggin' balloons that are going to deflate and not have furniture. <laughs> so I was thinking maybe she was like, let's wait and get the furniture together. So it can be both of their styles. Is that what she was thinking? Or is she like Rebecca and she just couldn't afford to get furniture? I think that she's waiting to use Chris's money that she didn't want to spend any of her money. But here's what I'm saying. What did you do? Did you not have furniture in your old place? Because even if it's what you're saying, April, that she waited, have some temporary furniture and then go furniture shopping together and have new furniture. Why do you have no furniture? That's true. That's true. And at least Rebecca had a, a shopping cart for Zaid. <laughs> I mean, something. Because this right here, I was like, you spent money on some of these helium balloons? At least This is at least $50. You could have get a, got a side table, an end table, something. <laughs> I am not for this at all. Uh, Jazzo mm -hmm. says, I hear Jamie is a lawyer. She is a lawyer. Um, she's been a lawyer for the past 10 years. So, But she's not practicing right now she's her life she says has taken her um in a different direction and rebecca says jamie we've got questions i wish she was in the live chat again today because we definitely have ch questions rebecca um <clears throat> natatat said i had the same thoughts about the balloons and there were like a bunch of those really expensive decorative balloons who made them <laughs> <sighs> Not for it, not for it at all. So, um, no furniture, but they have balloons. Then we meet Zoe, Jamie's dog, and I thought that that he or she, Zoe, Zoe's a girl's name, so she's probably like the most healthy person, animal, <laughs> living being in that apartment right now. And then because they had to be cliche and I'm convinced that TLC production had something to do with this, but the bed pillows are boobies. were so lame. Like, I don't know. I just felt like they were so stereotypical. Like you want to be like, Oh, this is a same sex couple. I don't know. Did, what did you think? I thought it was a funny little joke. Like they're just meeting each other. They know that they want to be sexual, just a little light in the mood kind of joke, but also I'm corny and I know that. So, <laughs> so you were for them. I, I would not want them, but I did think it was to walk in the room and see that it was a little funny thing that they could laugh at. Yeah. Those couldn't be my pillows for every single day. And then, then I think about the money that you spent when you don't have any furniture. I feel like that, that, that's not like a luxury Excuse me, that's like a luxury. It's not like an everyday, you know, like that's yeah. an everyday pillow that you can pop out and be like, oh, no. we're using these pillows. But I don't know. Maybe I'm just a Debbie Downer. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's just really bothering me that she has no, like, even temporary furniture in there. So everything else that is in there is like. Yeah, it jumps out at me and it's not okay. <laughs> so then, uh, you know, Chris sits on the bed and. She wants to talk about her narcolepsy. She wants to talk about her night terrors. She wants to talk about all the bad things. And I was like, wow, that was quick. So that whole love bubble, all of a sudden, you're just like bursting the bubbles and be like, hey, listen, I don't know if you're going to sleep well tonight because like I get night terrors and I might like karate chop you in your sleep, just so you know. Um, 
but it was a lot. So they both put on their sexy lingerie for the first night. I don't know, you guys. I felt like they had awkward energy. And I don't know if it's because, like, you, you've never met and it's, like, your first time seeing each other. But their energy just... I, I was like, why do I feel awkward? I'm just watching it. I can only imagine. Like, it protruded through the screen. Do you yeah. that? I felt like it was awkward because there was no... It was just, we got we got here and let's both change into lingerie. Like, is there more that happened before then? It just felt weird that there was no transition. Because even with like Gino and Jasmine, it was, you know, exchange some gifts, have a little chat, and then they moved into her changing into her lingerie. So I don't know if it was because the camera, you know, cut us off from seeing some of that stuff, but it did feel like an awkward, really rushed transition to lingerie. Uh, Yuli, hey Yuli, I saw you today. Thank you for being on the channel. Yuli's got jokes, by the way. So Yuli <laughs> said it was awkward. C. Cruz says, I felt her low energy as well. Joslo says they looked extremely awkward, like they didn't know what to do next. And then Carol, because Carol's the voice of reason, said it might have been awkward because being filmed, that takes away connection. I mean, they could have said we're we're changing into lingerie now, so we're not going to film that part. So let's go do a different activity that we can film. But they chose to have that part filmed. So <laughs> also, sorry, backing up a little bit. At the airport, she was like, "She's shorter than I imagined." Did they not share their heights with each other? Listen, they didn't talk about anything, girl. They didn't talk about nothing. That's why I already know they're going to be problematic. They didn't talk about anything. You know, they didn't talk about money. They didn't talk about their preferences. They both have never been in the same sex relationship ever. Chris has never left the country. Chris doesn't know the language. Jamie expects Chris to pay for everything. Like, it, can, should I go on? <laughs> you could go on. I could go on. But all I'm saying is that this right here is a train wreck. And we're about to see it. Yeah. Oh, Yuli said the same thing. Yeah, these two are wreck waiting to happen, allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're moving on to Jen and Rishi. I want to talk. So here's my question, and it might seem like I'm uncultured, but it, it, I really am cultured. I just don't understand. I don't understand Rishi, just like I don't understand um, Submit. So Culturally, I know that um, in India, there are a lot of arranged marriages. And I'm from Canada, and I've gone to friends' arranged marriages, and they've actually lasted a long time. I know friends that have been married for a long time now through arranged marriages. But the part that I don't understand is why do these two specifically not have the ability to talk to their family members like why why are we hiding that you have a foreign girlfriend we have a foreign fiance you have a foreign wife i don't understand it and and you guys are like in your 30s so it can't be like oh you know i can't talk because i'm like young and immature like i don't get it do you april i don't get her because she's grown and she could say whatever she wants but him, I feel like he's still a child because in his family, it seems like unless you're married, you're a child. You have no no status, no position. Um, and maybe he also feels like until she actually arrives and she's here, I can't count on her coming. 
maybe there's been, well, not even maybe, but there's been situations where people will talk to someone outside of the country for years and say they're coming, but they never do. So maybe he's just like, until she actually arrives and she sets foot here, I can't count her as real. Am I giving him too much credit? Yeah, way too much credit. <laughs> just way. Like, just way. Because then why did he Why did he even then take the time to propose to her? I mean, it's, how many times have you been proposed to? We talked about this. When you go to the Dominican Republic or other places, you've been proposed to a lot, right? So... I feel like some yeah, of the- but, but you don't say yes. You say, no, well, thank think- you. I'm flattered, but no, thank you. No, some of these women say yes. And they go back to wherever they're from, mostly the U.S., <laughs> and continue like chatting on WhatsApp or over Facebook Messenger or whatever in these relationships. And they never actually go back for the person. And so maybe there's this idea that you know, until you set foot back here, then you're not, you're, we're, you're not real. You're not serious about me. It's weird. I just think it's weird. And I think it's weird that they don't have the, these two, Samit and Rishi just don't have the ability to talk to their families. I just think it's weird. Yeah. So Jen pulls out a wedding dress, uh, to mom's wedding dress from 1971. And she wants to take it with her. She doesn't know how she's going to incorporate it into her wedding, but it reminds her of home. And so she wants to be able to like, have a part of her when she gets married um love her brother her his voice still freaks me out because <laughs> he sounds exactly like tim he does exactly like tim uh and he doesn't talk a lot but when he talks he's hilarious he's like who's carrying the luggage <laughs> well you know you're carrying the luggage look at the women around you they're looking at you <laughs> like what so um the family takes her to the airport and you know they say their goodbyes and we find out that rishi has also found her an apartment and she's going to be living in the apartment but he's not going to be living in the apartment because they haven't seen each other in a few years they want to reconnect and get to know each other make sure they're still in attraction make sure that he's the person that she thought he was and vice versa I, i'm assuming um but I'm going to tell you right now that I don't think these two are going to work out either. I think that they're in, not only are they in different places in their lives, but she's expecting more for him than he is of her. Like, I don't even understand his motives of why he wants to marry her because I don't really think he wants to marry her unless it's a green card situation. What do you think, April? I can't tell yet. I, I want to know more about them. Um, I can't tell yet, but I know that she's going to want to be catered to probably a lot more than he has time for. Mm, interesting. As for a Hegohei says, would be strange to accept a proposal without first having the whole family know you are together. That's how people end up having several partners who don't know about each other. That part, that but part, remember, you're not wrong. Johan did the same thing. Danielle was there to get married and his family didn't even know. He yeah, wanted but, to wait until she was real. But I feel like the Dominican has a little bit of a different um, <laughs> je ne sais quoi. Like, we're all on board with the foreigners because we know that if they're supporting you, they're supporting us. Mm-hmm. And whatever's good for you is going to be good for us. Like, there's a whole thing. I can't remember the name of it. Uh, Sanky Panky. Sanky Panky. Yeah, that part. So he had to make sure his panky came back. Or which one is the sinky panky? Is that the guy or the girl? It's definitely is it the, the guy. 
the immigrant or the the American, whichever way it goes. He was like, I need her to come back here before I tell my family that this yep. is really happening. Yep, that part. So, um, brother thinks that this is garbage, thinks that she's sacrificing too much, and then she he knows her history with men, so he feels like this is not going to go smooth. It's going to be uphill battle. And honestly, I think Charles thinks that she's going to be back in no time. Like, yeah. she's not feeling it at all. Yeah. And she's like, you know, but it's a risk I have to take. I have to say goodbye, Oklahoma. And hello, India. Oh, Lord. <laughs> she says that she had written off men in relationships and this is quote her last chance for love you always say it's your last chance for love i've heard it on the show so many times i've heard i'm done like a million times and this is my last chance mm -hmm. a million times like mm -hmm. y'all know it's not your last chance it's like, not just stop it just stop it so okay so then we go to I don't want to do them yet. I'm not going to do them yet. Let's talk about her significant other. So, hold the line. This is Nicole. I don't need them yet. More Nicole. De I can't wait to talk about Debbie. Okay, yeah, so... Uh, she gets on the plane. She gets there. She's like, oh, she lands. She talks about the Indian air. I don't know if any of you guys have been to India before, but there is a distinct um, smell. Uh, so you definitely know, like she said, you're not in the U.S. anymore or wherever you're from, Canada, wherever you're from. It has a d very distinct smell and you, you, it like hits you and then you like, it's all good. Have you ever been, April? I haven't been, but I knew exactly what she was talking about. Yeah. Um, is it spice? It's, it's, it's like a sticky, like when I landed in Morocco, I definitely was like, huh. it's that, it's that it's like a, there's like a moisture that you're not used mm -hmm. to. And then yes, there's like a little bit of like spiciness to it, but also the, like, the body odor is different. Yeah. You can like, tell there's a, yeah, all of that. And, but the weird thing is, like, you smell it, and then just it doesn't take that long, and then it do, it it doesn't exist. And then anymore. you don't smell it. Yeah, yeah. And it's when it first happens. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It takes Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> Yuli. <laughs> Yuli, I cannot. She's so funny. Okay, so. She's happy to be back in India. She's exhausted. She's got still six hours because Rishi lives six hours from the capital or something like that. Mm -hmm. So she's going to stay over in a hotel, get some rest, and she's going to continue her journey the next day. And then uh, we get to Rishi's house, and they're eating roti. And I don't know if you guys have had, never had roti. If you have it, you're missing out in your life. It's so delicious. I was, like, salivating. <laughs> uh, but they're having roti, lentils, potatoes. And I, you know me. I always love when they they include like part of the culture because for people that aren't able to travel as often, you just get a little piece of it. And I think it's wonderful. And I think that they should have actually explained a little bit more what they were making. Cause I know Bonnie roti is so <laughs> delicious and you, you put, Oh my gosh, you, you with the, like, the yellow curry or the green curry. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I'm so excited. Um, 
Uh, Dal too. That looked really good too. You're right. So anyways, let me not get on a, a food tip. <laughs> so what we learn about uh, Rishi is that he lives with five other people, his mom, his brother, his uncle, his aunt, his cousin, and of course himself. Uh, we learned that his dad had recently passed. So he is now considered the man of the house, um, which is, is not um, uncommon. Um, in a lot of immigrant houses, right? The male child, the firstborn, if the father has passed, then then they're the they're like the man of the house. That's not like uncommon until they get married and then they have their own families and that whole thing. But what I thought was interesting about this is that uh, you know, Rishi's mom, Simla, is saying that there's a bunch of proposals coming in. They're coming in from the village. They're coming in from the city and she can't stop them. So we mm -hmm. need to figure it out. And he's mm -hmm. like, oh, no, I need some time. She's like, I do not have any time. So they're going to, the first family's coming tomorrow. You're going to make a little time to meet the girl. Here's the picture. Go ahead and handle your business. But what we're not about to do is let you roll anymore because you're getting a little bit older and she feels like she's old enough that they want to find um, a, a bride for him so that they can bring her into the family as a daughter-in-law so that she can mesh with the family. So already we know where she's supposed to live. She's supposed to live in the house with the yes. five of them. So it's going to be six of them now. And she's going to take over all the housework duties so that mom can chill because mom feels like I'm getting too old to have all these responsibilities. We, You need to go ahead and get your yourself a wife who's going to go ahead and take care of the household. And mm. taking care of the household also means taking care of me. Mm. Just so you know that in the Indian culture, it is like that. You are taking care of that family, period. So mom wants to free herself of responsibility. So she is even more apt to find him a, a wife. And he's like sitting there like, oh, well, I'll think about it. And um, what's there to think about? Your wife is 15 years older than you. You already said there's a language barrier. There's a cultural difference. And you're hiding the fact that you proposed to this woman when you already know what your responsibilities are at the house. So, like, make it make sense, April. And she is not going to come in and cook and clean for anybody. That part. That part. You picked the wrong lady. Like, go <laughs> ahead and, and have, like, your foreign affair, do all the things, but at least pick the right person. Because yeah. this woman here, who's not already one. lived her life, she's in her what? She's How old is she, anyways? 48, I think, maybe. I don't know. Something but something like yeah. she ain't doing all that. And the weird thing is he could actually find, if he specifically wanted an American woman, he could find one who was willing to do that. Oh, absolutely. He's not the one. Oh, absolutely. Just not this one. Or the two. <laughs> Just not this one. Uh, Bonnie says that she's 44. Oh, so he's only 29 because he said that she's 15 years older than him. I don't, he's know. Only 44. I mean, I don't know. Are we sure she's 44? I don't know. I felt like she was older. I did I'll, too. I'll have to look back at my notes. Okay, so let's go ahead and talk about who are we going to talk about next? Because I have a lot to say about a lot of things. Oh, this is Mil y'all Milk Manor. I cannot stop watching. I know, I know it's terrible of me, and I'm no, I know I'm probably, you know, not not the best person. 
but I can't not watch it. It's like, I haven't seen any of it yet. Is that addictive? It is really, it's just unbelievable. My yeah, she's 48. I'm going with 48 because that's what came in my mind. That's what I remember. So we're going with 48. Rebecca said the math is not mathing. Um, let's talk about <laughs> this couple right here. This couple right here. <laughs> I feel like there's a photo coming. Is there a photo coming? Oh, Nicole. <laughs> uh, okay, so what are your first impressions before I go off on a tangent? My first impression is... Hey, Bobby. Hey, girl. Hey, Bobby. When she said in the car with her parents that she did not want to go to Egypt. She wanted to be with Mahmoud, but she doesn't want to live in Egypt. She doesn't like it. As a parent, why did neither one of them say, well, then what are you doing? Turn this car around. Okay, I agree with you. But I'm going to go on a limb and say, first of all, Nicole, what, what you're not about to do is go to Egypt and live there. You hate Egypt. You've made it very abundantly clear that you don't want to live in Egypt. You don't want to change your style. Your whole life has been, been about fashion and fitum and thrifting and all the things. We even look at what you're wearing and all your outfits are like super retro and that's your lifestyle. So that you're not changing. Second part is you already know that your relationship was not working out. And so you left after two months and you haven't worked on your relationship since then, but you somehow miraculously think that love is going to conquer all. When you two are so different and not even, cause you can be in a relationship with someone who's culturally different than you. You can be in a relationship with someone if you've had the conversation where your faith or religion is different and yet you guys want to be on the same page about some things. You can even do that. But what you're not going to do is change a whole country. You're not going to change what Egypt's about. You're not going to change what Mahmoud is about and what he finds important. And then you want to go ahead and say that you converted to Muslim, but you're going to pick and choose the parts that agree with you. Like, that doesn't even make sense to me. So... I just feel, April, that she should just stay in Los Angeles, continue to do her Uber Eats or whatever it is that she was doing, and go ahead and call it a day. Yeah. So I have a question. She says that when she was deciding to convert, that Mahmoud just told her, all you have to do is say the the, the sand something. Yep. You remember the, what the word was? Uh-uh. And then, like, just say that, and that was it, and you'll be Muslim, right? Kim said that uh, Usman told her multiple things about, you know, his culture, and she just took his word for it about what polyamory was, right, or, or polygamy was, mm -hmm. yeah? At what point, when you have a partner who is telling you about, like, their culture or background, at what point do you go and do your own research? In the very beginning... Because, like, how does that even make sense to you? Oh, I just say this and I'm Muslim and I don't need to do anything else. How does that make sense to you that you can marry someone and then they can marry another person and have children with them and then come live with you for six months out of the year and not pay any attention to their other partner? And it's just so ridiculous. Like, how does that make sense to you? 
It doesn't make any sense, April. It doesn't. And you don't do any research and you just say whatever it is that you're going to say, but then they're going to turn around and say, oh, this is important to me and all the things like, no, obviously it's not important because you've had a whole what year apart from your husband and you still haven't learned anything, but you want to claim that you're Muslim, but you yeah. want to claim parts of it, the parts that work for you. That is insulting. It's She's insulting. like, I'm never, never covering my head again. How how many episodes in do you think we're going to be before we see her with her head covered again? Oh, uh, listen. <laughs> she's she's about to have her head covered next week. So, um, Mahmood, which, and he answered some questions because I was like, how do these two even meet, right? Because last time she went into a fabric shop and I was like, what was he doing in a fabric shop? Well, turns out he's a manager for a fabric store. He's been working there for 12 years and he loves it there even more now because he met his wife there, meaning Nicole. He thinks Nicole is sweet and crazy and strong and amazing. He loves everything about her, but they come from two different worlds. And so he's not sure if love is going to be enough. And I'm going to tell you right now, love is not going to be enough for these two. Okay. There is no compromising on either of the parts. Like when they started fighting, as soon as she landed, I was like, nothing has changed. No. I mean, we knew that before she left that nothing was changed because when she tried to FaceTime and talk to him about it or Zoom, whatever it was over, they were just like, oh, we'll talk about it when we get here. But he still wants what he wants, which is complete control over what she wears and what she does. And she's not okay with that. So like nothing has changed. My question is, if these things are so important to you, Mahmoud, why are you attracted to someone who is not doing those things? Well, I think I can answer that because his brother, so he meets up with his brothers, right? And his brothers are like seven years and 13 years older than him. He's 30. He's never had any experience with women. This is his first experience with women. And like, I want to take it there, you guys. Okay. I want to take it there. Think about the first time that you fell in love. Think about the first time that, you know, the first time, the first time you always a remember that person and B you like are in love. Google eyes. This dude is 30 years old. He's never had any experience with women. And so, yeah, he's stuck on her. And he's stuck on her because she's exotic to him. She, like he said, is crazy and strong. And probably all of the things that he's seen in Hollywood on TV, she represents those things. And oh, guess what? She lives in Hollywood. So now I have my own Hollywood starlet, blonde hair, blue eyed. She has nothing to do with my culture. She doesn't even seem like she really wants to embrace it but she's beautiful and she's my first that's what it is april but but when he saw her in the street he sees her in the fabric store or wherever they were my culture if my culture is so important to me let's say that it was it's not i don't care about being american but let's say it was <laughs> if my culture is so important to me then I wouldn't even see someone who's living a completely different life and be attracted. I could not be attracted to someone if my culture was that important to me. My, my religion is that important to me. And I see someone outside smoking and drinking and that's outside the bounds of my religion. I wouldn't find it attractive. Yeah, but you're also older and wiser and, <laughs> and uh, you've had some experience. I, again, I want to remind you about someone who isn't, who's, 30 and his first experience is at 30. 
right? So to me, yes, those things are important to him, but as a man, I feel like some other things are going to take a little bit more precedent and are going to be at the top of his mind. Because the way he was smiling, giggling, I was like, oh, yeah, this is this, this. I, I know what this is. Well, it'll be interesting to watch how it, how it falls apart because it will fall apart. Oh, it's going to fall apart. Um, so his brothers are trying to give him some advice, right? So... Um, Mahmoud talks about how religion is his most first and foremost um, thing that's more, most important to him, then family and also prayer, right? But yes, in theory, those are what's important to him. And I, and I understand that. I understand the culture. I understand the religion. However, he's also a man who's 30, who's not been around the block. And now he's got his own little special exotic toy that he doesn't want to let go of even though it's a square peg and round hole okay so his brothers are trying to give him some advice so um they're like you know what you need to educate her and the biggest fight and the fight that broke them up the first time april is over clothing and what she wears right mm -hmm. and uh we find out that his older brother ahmed uh, also married a foreigner from China and they were two years in marital war. It was not easy. The brother said, um, but they both had to want to be there and they both had to want to learn and they both had to want to work on themselves, right? Because no one's mm -hmm. going to be perfect and no one's going to have all the answers for what works in a relationship. However, I feel like Mahmood has his ideal of what a relationship should look like. And add on his religion, add on his faith, and he has already concocted what he thinks it should look like. And in this religion specifically, it is definitely um, male-dominated. And so he's thinking that he is making all the decisions for this woman. And Nicole's like, nah, that's what's not about to happen. Mm-hmm. So, culture clash, okay? And it seems to me like what they're fighting about the most is what she wears. And so the brother says, you know, it's your job and your religious obligation to educate her. And in time, she'll see that what she's perceiving as constraints are actually benefits. And I actually thought that that was a really good answer. And the reason why I thought it was a good answer is because teach, teach people. If you teach them and they learn, then they can make a, a informed decision on what works for them. What do you think, April? I actually hated when he said that. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I might be wrong, but what I immediately thought about is he's going to say that you need to dress conservatively so that you can avoid um causing other men to lust after you or um so that you could be treated a certain way when you're walking around in the street or whatever when i think that it's not the responsibility of the woman to dress a particular way to be afforded respect when she's walking in the street or minding her business any other place so if what he meant by educate her was to say that 
it's your job to preserve the innocence or prevent the lust of other men, I would hate that. And I think that's that's where my mind went. Mm. If he's talking about educate her in some other way, like um in the like, religion though, isn't that what he religion, says? If he says like this is pleasing to Allah if you do X, Y, and Z, and that's mm. what he means by educate, I could get behind that. Mm. Um, but I would not get behind like middle school dress code policies that are like, well, you're going to distract the boys if you wear a skirt. No. Yeah. I, I mean, and I agree with you on that point. Uh, I took it differently. I thought that he was saying, just educate her more about the religion and then she will be able to, to see that those constraints are actually benefits. But now that I am talking it back, he's probably specifically talking about clothing, which is not cool. So, um, so Nicole's parents come from Idaho. Uh, she's moving to Europe or excuse me, she's moving to Egypt and they're just really not for it. But I also feel like her parents kind of know that she's a little bit kooky. Yeah. And fly by the seat of her pants. Um, and so do we want to talk about her outfit real quick? Her little, like the poor boy hat. Yes the all tan okay first i just want to say something she's super quirky and i'm not really quite sure like what her whole situation and like she has like that you know one of those personalities april where it's just like flat you know like yeah it's like, to talk to you like this with like no energy no movement but like i'm engaging you know what i mean yeah she, um, they have not confirmed it, but she's the one that I suspect is a trust fund baby. And mm -hmm. she has the effect of a person who has never had any real significant struggles or challenges in life, but somehow causes themselves to have problems. Like you could live a life with no problems, but you walk headfirst into these issues. And that's the effect that she gives me. That's the vibe I get from her. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you're wrong. I don't think you're wrong. And I, I, I just kept looking at Harold and Wanda's faces, her parents. They're just looking at her like, how is this our offspring? Like, how how do we create this this person? How's all this time gone by and she never told them that she converted? <laughs> There's a lot she didn't tell them. Yuli says the Mary Poppins chimney cast member <laughs> outfit. I love it. <laughs> okay, so she's moving to Egypt. And her parents are just not for it. Dad's worried. He says he doesn't know anything about Egypt and he would rather that she moves closer back to Idaho. Um, he's like, you know, I can't get to her. She needs help. And then that line to me, again, just like irked me the wrong way. Cause like you could get on a plane, right? You, I mean, you made it to Los Angeles. It's yeah. just a plane ride away. Like you can get on, well, a couple of plane rides. You could you could get to her if you had to. Like let's yes. not let's not be ridiculous and ignorant. Like <laughs> oh I can't get to her. Yeah you could, but you know y'all think that America is, is it, but here we are. <laughs> so the other thing that I thought was weird, right? Because are you so close to your family? Like your family has come and they've they've moved you every time you've moved, but then they found out on Facebook that you got married. Also Your mom and dad found out on Facebook. Yeah. I could like I just could never. First of all, my family would literally they would kill me. 
Okay. Second of all, how do you not share that special moment? And I get not all the family dynamics and everyone is like close and all the things, but it looks like they're close. They moved, they came all the way from Idaho to help you move. And this is not the first time. So like, why would you not tell your parents? And why was that not something that we talked about on the show, April? Because my only experience with this was when I went to law school. And these trust fund kids, when they tell you that they're close to their family, what they define as close is very different from what I would say is close. Like it is, we did, we spend vacations together. It is, we are all going to be at the ski lodge for a week in October. We're yeah. close like that. It's not like a conversational closeness that we share thoughts, ideas, and opinions. I've been in people's houses before when I discovered this world that I never knew of of people who have like a vacation house and they never have real conversations. Everything is very surface level. Very, it was very weird to me. Annie says only tell them what they want to hear. Yeah. I I can see what you guys are saying. Not even Uh, just what they want to hear, but like just opinions in general, they don't share feelings and opinions and they still say we're very close. Yes. We're, I just like, I just couldn't imagine it. So then we find out that she had two weddings on the same day. First was like at the justice department. And second, they crashed (laughs) someone else's wedding because they wanted to be able to have a marital togetherness. So they had to do that, which I just was like, what? Why did they rush? I don't understand why they didn't plan it. If she was there for two months. They had to spend that night together. I made that up. Oh, Jocelyn. It is completely, it is completely my speculation that like, how do you live in Los Angeles delivering food? Like, where's her rent getting paid from? When she decided she wanted to travel all over the world and she ended up um, meeting Mahmoud in Egypt and staying there, like who was funding that? It's just my, like, she just reminds me of some of the kids that I went to school with who I learned later on were trust fund babies. Gotcha. So then the dad asks Nicole if she wants to be Muslim. And I was like, that's a really just a strange question. I don't know if it's the wording for me, but it was just strange. But then she says, well, I already converted. I am Muslim. And I died of laughter. <laughs> I was like, you're what, Nicole? <laughs> let me just let me just pop this back up. You're what, Nicole? Tell me that again. She's like, yeah, I converted two days before I got married. So not only did you not tell your family that you got married, but you didn't tell them that you converted to a whole different religion. Like, I, I, I just, okay, okay. Mom's face was like buck wild. Dad's face was like <laughs> buck wild. The mom literally let the words wow come out of her mouth. And <laughs> she's like, yeah, Nicole's like, yeah, I just figure like, you know, in the future when we have children, I want the whole family to be the same religion. Um, and, you know, what I didn't realize, she said, these are her words, not mine. I didn't realize that every moment of your life is being Muslim. <laughs> 
So you thought you could say a few words and boom, you're Muslim, but then you don't have to do anything. And she's like, yeah, you got to wash five times a day and pray five times a day. And you got to wear a hijab. And she goes on to say, April, that she doesn't follow the dietary restrictions. She doesn't cover her hair. She refuses to wear a hijab. And she's having a crisis right now because she didn't realize that being a Muslim is going to be so much work. I, I just looked at her. Which also means that she's never been exposed to any religion whatsoever. Because, like, there's no religion where you get to just say some words and then you're a part of it. Is there? I mean, okay, I'll take it back. Maybe there's, and I haven't heard of it. But in my lifetime, whenever I've met someone who is a particular religion or from a spiritual background, it dictates a lot of their life. Rebecca said that told me all I needed to know about her. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. She, listen, y'all. She, I was about to say something. Let me just keep to myself for now. But I don't feel like she took any time to really research what she said she was committing to. And I am having a hard time that she is calling herself Muslim when she follows none of the Muslim ways. And she knows nothing about the religion. She knows nothing about the culture. She knows nothing about the faith. But she just wants to throw these random words out there and think, oh, they're going to connect and woo, everything's going to be hunky-dory because I'm doing it in the name of love. Makes no sense to me and it makes you sound ignorant. And it it kind of is rude. It's rude because take take some time. You've had all this time away from your husband. Take some time do your research so that you can make some informed decisions. And that way you're not stuck somewhere that you really don't want to be because you don't know anything about the culture. You don't know about the lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um, and this is the note. Her parents don't think that she's thought this through. Of course she hasn't thought this through. She hasn't thought anything about it. She hasn't thought a single thing happening in her life through that part so she goes on to say that she quote can't change who she is to be with him so why why are we going through this then if you're not willing to make any compromises and it's clear that you want you don't really want to convert to his faith and religion so why why are we here april why are we here why is she moving to egypt when literally she says she doesn't want it she literally said i don't want to go I, I do not have an answer. The only thing that she said in the car was that she was the one who's able to go to him. He's not able to come to her. But like, even if he came to you, does she think that that, that what he wants from her would change? I don't think so. That part. So <clears throat> she, it's the day she's traveling and I ca I'm calling her Parisian Nicole because she had this whole pre like, you're flying to the wrong place. I feel like you need to fly to Paris uh, instead of... You thought she looked like a mime? Yes. <laughs> uh, I'm calling her Prisia Nicole. Um, she says she doesn't want to go now. She's freaking out. Uh, doesn't want to be in Egypt. She's excited to see her husband, but doesn't want to see him in Egypt. She hated Egypt the first time around. She only lasts for two months. But for some reason, even though she's done no research, hasn't really fixed her relationship, she feels like this is going to be a different go-round. Um, 
she's hoping that it's not a huge mistake. And I'm going to tell you right now that it's a huge <laughs> and like, if those are not famous last words, I don't know what is. Okay. <laughs> now, Mahmoud, we go to Mahmoud in Egypt. And I want to say, you guys, I can't remember. Um, Brittany's dude. Was he from Egypt? Azan. Um, Tunisia? Oh, he's from Tunisia. No, 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 no. I'm gonna look it up really quick. Anyways, here's why. Here's what why I thought of that. I thought of that April because Mahmoud doesn't know how to drive, and I remember that. Is it Azan? Is that his name? Yeah, Yazan. Yazan with a Yazan. Y. Oh, it was in Jordan. Annie says. Okay. Oh, Bobby says Syria. No, Jordan. It was Jordan, you guys. Okay, so. Remember that Yazan didn't know how to drive either. And I was wondering if that's like a Middle Eastern thing. Like why why are so many non-male adult drivers? I'm curious about that. So um Mamu doesn't know how to drive and he gets his cousin to pick him up to pick up Nicole from the airport, which was very similar to what happened with Brittany. And Yazan, yeah. And Yazan, because Yazan got his cousin to drive him to the airport because he didn't drive. And I also, too, think that with um, Memphis, her her dude didn't drive either. Right, because they were in the back of the car together. Yeah, like, I'm just saying. So they go to the airport, and what I laughed at, I was like, because I was just thinking of all these non-drivers, April, and I was thinking... Why is Mahmoud telling his cousin where to park? He's like, oh, you should try to park here. And I'm like, um, okay, non-driver. Do you even know how to park? <laughs> You're giving the licensed driver instructions when you, yeah. you can't even get behind a wheel. What's your position? Listen, listen. Now, I cannot, and I think it's just a personal pet peeve, but if I'm driving, I'm driving. And if you're in my car, you're the passenger. And especially mm -hmm. if you don't have a license, don't tell me nothing about nothing. I will park where I see it's safe and deemed safe to park. Mm -hmm. You don't know any better. Yeah, I'm a good passenger. I give no opinions when I'm a passenger. I'm not even looking at the road. That's all you. <laughs> so Mahmoud has, you know, some concerns. He's hoping that Nicole's going to love Egypt this time round. Uh, they hug, and then she has, like, again, all of these preconceived notions about what should and shouldn't happen. So she's, like, worried, am I not allowed to show affection? Which I really don't really know what the rules are because I feel like um, Soldier Boy Usman said one thing and then did something completely different with both of the women that he was involved with. And then we see Yazan said something different. Azan said something different. And now Mahmoud is saying something different. Like I, so I don't really know what the rule rules are, but um, C. Cruz says, I would love to drive with Linda. I will be a backseat driver. You could try, C. Cruz. You could try. But yeah, the music would be way up. And I control the music in my car. Thank you very much. So I don't know. I don't know what the whole thing is. I would love if you guys have, uh, if you are Muslim and you want to come up on this panel and, and give us an education, I'm all for it. Uh, so they're hanging out. They hug, they show affection, and then they start fighting. They start fighting yeah. because he says, okay, my love, can you close your jacket, please? Your shirt is more small. She's like, that's rude. 
um already issues so issues with the bag issue with her clothes and he's worried that she's gonna leave and he's like you know when you're tired you change your mind a lot so right off the gate he's complaining and causing issues and she's helping with those issues what did you think first i was trying to figure out i didn't understand what he was asking her to cover but then I think I think he's talking about just the front part of her pants, like her pants were pulled yeah. up, but he just wanted the front part covered or was covered, right? Yep, yep, yep. Um, that's exactly what happened. So I, I mean, he wants her just just go ahead and put on a full abaya, basically, basically. And so again, we're going back to the clothing, and I just don't think that they are going to agree on on any of it all right let's move on isabel and gabriel now april i have a lot of questions and you guys i have questions and again youtube my questions are for educational purposes so please understand that with education comes knowledge and with knowledge comes understanding with understanding comes more love okay you guys we're all adults here, so can we just not be idiots? So I'll actually, I'm going to drop this in the chat. It's a little article that kind of explains what it's like when you have intercourse after a transition. Okay, um, yeah, because those are all my questions. Yeah, it, it also talks about um, the different kinds of transition that someone can have to obtain a penis. I think I can say penis. Um, so that, you know, like maybe later on you, you could like click on it and then open a tab and then later on you can go back to it. Um, also remember when you're reading it, this is just one perspective. Um, when they talk about the feelings part of it, not the surgery part. Mm -hmm. um, so different people are going to have different feelings. The surgery part is fine, but the feelings part it's going to be different for different people. But just so you have like some kind of idea if you've never seen anything like that before. Did it go? Did it, did it pop? I did. I don't see it. Um, for those of you guys that are asking where I was, uh, definitely go back to the beginning of the video. I, I took some time to explain all the things and I read the YouTube things. But thank you for reaching out and thank you guys for wondering where I, I was. I am back. And uh, yeah. Okay. So. Gabe, you're going to drop that in the chat, you said, yeah? Yes. Um, I, it's not showing up. Okay. So I can send see it, it. Email it to me and then I, I'll pop it in. Okay. Okay. So Gabe's moving in a few days and Isabel is nervous because this is a permanent move. I don't understand why she's nervous because she's already living in the house that Gabe or apartment with her two kids that Gabriel pays for. So like, wh what exactly are you nervous about? Um, we find out that her friend Samuel is the one that introduced Isabella and Gabriel. So Samuel and Mateo, all part of the friend group, Samuel introduced them and made Gabriel a part of the friend group and showed him Columbia, all the things. And guess what? Isabel and Gabriel hit it off. They started kissing that first night. Boom. They were together. 
what we do also learn is that Mateo didn't know that Gabe was trans until Isabel text him because she was on his social media and i don't think like and we talked about it a few weeks ago i don't think that that was something that gabriel was hiding i just think that it's something that i mean i don't know you tell me april like i don't think that that's something that he has to necessarily say every five seconds if especially you don't know if you're gonna be interacting with these people at a later date exactly like he they they don't say exactly how they met the two guys Mm-hmm. Um, so in my mind, the story that I made up was that Gabe got down there. So like I have friends who do the same thing. They get on, um, Grindr or they get on other apps where LGBTQ people meet each other. And he met some people and said, Hey, I want to know if you could take me out to see Columbia because they want to see where are the safe places for them to go, mm-hmm. where are the safe places for them to go and party or go to a bar mm-hmm. and it'll be okay. And using locals to do that is the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Obviously. And so it seems like that's how they met. That's what the story I made up in my head anyway. And then he was already friends with Isabel. And yep. so when they went out to a bar, they they all met each other there. And yep. it seems like they have not told us exactly, but it seems like it was the very... Did I freeze? Five seconds either, just like you said. Uh-huh. Um, and also not to people who are not going to be intimate with him. That part. I agree with that part. Um, okay, so then they're talking about, and I don't know. Okay, so, okay. Yes, Yuli. What did Yuli say? Well, I don't say, hey, I'm Yuli. I'm female. Uh, why should he? Um, okay, so then Mateo asks about their first sexual encounter. And I, what were your thoughts on that, April? Um, I had a question about it because I didn't understand one part of what she was saying. And it depends on what kind of surgery Gabe had, what the answer would be. Mm. And I don't necessarily think that Gabe should kind of go into that detail. So it might just be an unanswered question that we never know. But the, the question I had was, what is she perceiving as semen? Oh yeah. Well, that was, I'm not even there yet, but yeah. yeah. Okay. So, okay. So I guess my thing was, I get you guys are all friend group and family kind of, right. Cause those are your besties, but like, I guess I was wondering what Mateo's intentions were when he asked about their first sexual encounter. Cause it wasn't like, Oh, Hey girl, was, you know, was it good? You know, it was more like, what was it? Uh-huh. And then, she says that she was a bit scared, but then, quote, Gabe totally looks like a man. And then, so that, again, from what I'm learning with you, April, is that, I don't know, like, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say, like, as I'm learning about the transgender community, it's like, transgender doesn't have to look a certain way. And so, like, for a female that trans just transitioned into a man or like or like the male gender i don't know if all men look the same and have to be the same so like why do you why are we making that comparison does that make sense April? yes i know what okay. you're saying she is unfortunately falling into the idea that because he presents a certain way 
that it's a safe or an okay format of a trans person to exist. But for someone like me who doesn't know enough about the community, but I'm I'm learning, is that not detrimental? I, yeah, because TLC is such a huge platform that so now like you're putting that stereotype for a lack of yes better word out there when it's not from what I'm learning just yes. about that. It is detrimental, but it's also I think it's a lot to put on Isabel's shoulders. Like I, I'm not going to criticize her for this because it's a lot to put on her shoulders when she's also learning things um, that she has to be able to express this the best way. Um, also, Gabe is probably feeding her these kind of things too because mm. he's taken the position Got it. that he's a quote unquote full man because he's transitioned. Whereas you know, that takes away from other people who cannot or maybe don't want to go through a full um, sex operation. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so maybe we'll see them grow. Uh, maybe we won't. But I don't think that TLC is going to be like, hey, we need to talk to you guys about how you're talking about this. No, they're not. They don't care. Mm. And I, maybe they don't, I don't know. Maybe they don't know enough either, right? So um, Isabel goes on to say that he's clinically and medically perfect. And so he can perform. Um, but, okay, so I, and again, UT, this is a question. It's a medical question. I don't know. So just calm down, everybody, okay? Just got my page back, so calm down. But... <laughs> She asked, because she asked this question, so it's actually even a quote, but where does the semen come from? And so I don't, I didn't know. Is that possible? Sorry. Um. So we, I, I don't, we don't know exactly what Gabe's composition was before he transitioned. Um, Because he could have been born intersex. He didn't say that, but it's possible. I wonder if she's perceiving semen as just ejaculation gotcha. yeah like you know, and it's you know but so when, but sorry april so then mm -hmm. just like from my not and i know i could google it but so like that's not possible normally then normally no even if they're taking hormones no okay because you wouldn't have the testicles to produce semen Okay. That's not as far as I know. And you can read the article to see how they do. Oh, did you send it to me? The, yeah. Okay. The operation that it's not, it's not an option to manufacture semen production. Got it. Okay. Unless Gabe was born as an intersex person who maybe already had some of the male reproductive system. Gotcha. Um, oh, why isn't it letting me do it either? I know it's like I see it on my screen when I did it, but maybe there's a um a block. Uh, April, thank you for explaining this. I'm trying, Amanda. I'm um, trying. <laughs> uh, let me figure that out later, you guys. So let so then um. 
because you can take, you can create a penis. Um, and that's where we see the skin come off of his leg for that. Mm -hmm. But creating functional testicles that would produce semen. I don't think that's a possibility. But she could just be perceiving ejaculation, like um, female ejaculation, for lack of a better word, as mm. semen. Because he could still do that. Gotcha. I have other questions, but I'm going to leave it for now <laughs> because, like, it's my first day back. Yes, it's the first day back. Let's not. <laughs> yeah. Um, but again, everyone, this is all for educational purposes. We're all learning together. So let's not discriminate. And and if this is not for you, then, you know, feel free to move on. But I can tell by the live chat that we're all trying to get the same questions answered so that we can be informed and we can love on each other and not not know um i don't know do you want to address that s4a comments you need to have the internal parts to do that and if you were born female you don't have them well yeah well we believe gabe was assigned female at birth not assigned intersex at birth um he can come back and clarify that I, I, I could be wrong. Mm. Um, but yeah, unless, unless he was born with that part of the reproductive system, that part cannot be manufactured. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. So then Isabel is talking about how Gabe has integrated uh, with her friends and family really well with her kids really well uh, as well. And one of the things that I thought was really um, important to mention is that her youngest Miguel doesn't know, uh, that Gabe is uh, transsexual, transsexual, transgender, transgender. Is transsexual a word? It is a word. It has very negative connotations. It does. Yes. Sorry, didn't mean it. Yeah, you didn't know. Um, but the friends are like, listen, you raised Miguel to have respect. You raised him to be inclusive. You raised him to be respectable of diversity. And I thought that that was like the best line yeah. of the episode. Yeah. And that is what I'm trying to do here, you guys, is just be respectful. I want to learn what I don't know. I want to bring on people like April who know a lot more so that we can all educate ourselves. And I know if I have questions, I know that you guys have questions. And inclusion it's 2023 you guys like come on like do we even need to talk about inclusion just be inclusive and then diversity i mean especially some of the places in the u.s sorry not sorry but y'all don't have enough diversity in that and because you don't have enough diversity you're scared of what you do not know and so if we don't have these conversations then unfortunately ignorance begets ignorance yeah it does. I was thinking about something that um, someone asked in the chat last time when Jamie was talking about going to a therapist and in the process of therapy came to understand that she was lesbian. Mm -hmm. I was thinking about it because I wanted to, if that person is still here, like talk about that. And I was thinking about when I was younger and different things would happen to me that I knew were not quite right, but they weren't racist they were just like not right things that had occurred um i knew it and i felt it 
but it wasn't until I got in college that I learned the word microaggression. Mm -hmm. And so like, it was always there. It always existed. These, I always had these experiences, but I wasn't until I was 19, 20 years old till somebody gave me a word to explain what I was experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, for the therapy process, Jamie can explain exactly what happened to her, but she probably always had these feelings and the therapist was the first one to give her a word to associate with it. Mm. Gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, so it's move date. Okay. So let me just say that. So part of the issue that we're going to see is that Isabel has a very conservative family and so she's worried that she thinks her mom she'll be able to like have a conversation she's really worried about her dad because her dad doesn't seem to be as open to things that are different than him um and she says that he's reserved and deeply religious so i think that that's where there's going to be a a point of contention and then um She's asked, you know, what if your dad says no and is not accepting of Gabe, what will you do? And she says that she doesn't want to decide between her family and her relationship, which is, you know, that's fair. But it may come to that. So then what? Right. So it's move day for Gabe. He has mixed feelings. Uh, leaving is going to be very difficult because he, too, is close to his family and he feels guilty for leaving them because his family has always been there for him, he said. Mm -hmm. And so it hasn't really hit him yet that he's going to be in a different country away from his family who are his support. So when he ha he is having like the day-to-day -day issues and the life issues and the uh, issues that are specific to transgender and his family is there to pick up the pieces and help him through, he's not going to have that so readily available to him. Exactly. So he's a little bit concerned about that. And his sister, uh, Monica, is like, you know, are you con A, are you concerned that you're not going to have your support system? But B, are you also concerned that this move is going to create kind of like a rift in our family? Because we are so close and we've it's always been me, you, and mom and together all the time. And so, like, are you worried about that? And he's basically like, I would never allow that to happen. I would never allow us to, like, go days and weeks and months without talking like that doesn't even make sense to me um and then she's like are you nervous to come out to her family and that was one of my questions so so when the gay community comes out april it's considered coming out it's the same thing with transgender Is yes coming out okay yes that was my question so he's nervous to come out to her family uh, because his ex's family didn't accept him and that broke his last relationship and he wants to be open and honest in this mm -hmm. relationship and he wants to have no secrets but Isabel is already like backstepping a little bit like maybe we just don't tell them what are your thoughts on that so I think Isabel is failing right now because if these are her, these are her friends that she went out to have lunch with mm -hmm. and she's been friends with them for a long time mm -hmm. and her parents should have been eased into her integration into the community. Mm. And the more they were eased into it, if these are your friends, then it wouldn't be such a big reveal, would it? Right. 
Like right. at this point in time, because I have so many friends of different backgrounds, if I showed up at my parents' house with a girl and said, this is my girl, I'm dating her, nobody would bat an eye, even though I've never done it before, because I've so thoroughly integrated them. Makes sense. So she's had an opportunity to do that over this past, you know, eight months or whatever before Gabe comes to make his permanent move. And she's failing in that. Agreed. So it, to me, it shows what is really important to you. If you raised your son to be inclusive and be diverse, great. But how important is that to you if you're like, I've got a conservative dad and I haven't even broached a single conversation with him? That part. Everything that you just said. Um, we are going to move on because I waited and I waited and I waited <laughs> Your for this favorite. One. Debbie. <laughs> First of all, Debbie 67 and shade no shade. I just want to put it in perspective, but Angela is 57. She's from wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Roll that back again. Roll it back again. She is Debbie right here uh -huh. on your screen is 67. Angela from Michael and Angela is 57. I need you to put that in perspective. Okay. That's an ad to quit cigarettes right there. Cigarettes. She drinks like a hundred sodas a day, yes. allegedly. Oh, uh, anyways, Debbie, 67 from Sugar Hill, Georgia. <laughs> I love her already. She, her opening scene, she's like in this uh, antique place. She's playing princess for a day. She acknowledges that she's eccentric. She acknowledges that she's quirky. And she has her own hashtag, so Debbie. This is so Debbie. <laughs> Um, and she acknowledges that, you know, she hears a different drummer drumming in her head and she's okay with it. And I, I find her refreshing because guess what? She's not trying to fit in any type of box. She's just trying to do what makes her happy, April. And I'm about it. I like her because she's had some bad experiences that could have left her being a negative, sad, depressed person. And she's choosing to just, she's choosing to delight in herself and have some happiness. <laughs> yes, Rebecca. Rebecca said, if I look that good at 67, I might have me a tenderoni too. <laughs> Amanda says, I love Debbie. She has no flaws at all. She's perfect. And Yuli says, I love her, but I feel like she's getting played like a game by this grandchild who looks like he's walking her down the street. And Annie says it's all about the vitamins. Okay, so listen, we'll talk about this shortly, Yuli. Okay, so I love all the things so far about Debbie. I love that she's a knickknack queen. I couldn't personally be, but I love it for her. I love the fact that she makes jewelry. She sells jewelry. Her home is filled with antiques and artwork. She's an artist. And I'm sensitive about my... I love all of that. And she said something that I didn't know and I have to look up, but she said as a child, she used to go to the quarries. And I was like, what is that? And from there, she she loved painting and she started painting at a young age and painting 
is her friend. And I loved that line too. I was like, oh, Debbie. I love Debbie. Okay. So there was a lot of construction where I grew up. I grew up in Georgia, y'all. Um, and so they would leave it open, the construction areas, and there would be rock quarries in the construction areas. I think that's what she was talking about. Oh, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Okay, thank you. See, we love April. Okay, so what we do learn, um, which also just shows me that either she's done the work and she's healed herself um, or a combination of the two, but we find out that her mom had a lot of mental health issues. And so she never knew what a healthy relationship looked like. And so she has a couple marriages under her belt. First marriage, first time she got married, it only lasted four years. And from that, she got her son, Julian. And I'm going to be talking a little bit of stuff about Julian because Julian made all the hairs on my arm raise. And then um, shortly thereafter, she had a quick turnaround. She got married quick because she got pregnant and she had a daughter named Sandy and that marriage lasted for 23 years. But like she said, there's a difference between a prince and the big bad wolf. And as females, oftentimes we think we're going to have the fairy tale and reality is not the fairy tale. And we're left thinking like what just happened. And that happened to be the case for Debbie. So Debbie realized like her husband was spending too much time away and traveling and all the things. So she hired a private detective and turns out that he was cheating and had a whole other woman in a whole separate country. And Debbie found out and was like, peace out mm -hmm. and left him. Um, and then she was alone for 12 years and she swore off men for 12 years. And she just really focused, I think, and this part I'm just making up, but this is what I'm seeing is that she spent time with herself and healing herself through art and through um, being creative. And so she's on social media, her words. I was like, oh, go ahead, Debbie, be hip. Be <laughs> hip with the words. Be hip with the terms. Um, so she met uh, Usama on Facebook and he kind of said, hey, I'm an artist too. Apparently he's 24, you guys. He's an artist. I'm looking at him and he does not look artsy to me, but who am I to judge? But he's an artist and a poet, 24 from Morocco. And they bonded over their love of art and how he would compliment her art and she would compliment his art. And her words, a tree that took root in her heart <laughs> and she fell in love. So they bonded over their art. She went to visit him um, after six months of them talking back, back and forth online. And she didn't know his age at first, which I thought was interesting. And she didn't find out till she was visiting him. And he convinced her that it's not about age, but about them being a team. And one of the things she shares is that the way she keeps fresh and young looking is she takes a lot of vitamins and supplements and they're important to her. And... Her words, she's fixing to move to Morocco in a couple weeks. And guess who's not for it? Her son, Julian. Let's talk about Julian. So Julian and Debbie are super close, uh, according to Debbie. And here's what I just don't get, April. Mm -hmm. Debbie is like a free spirit. 
She seems to be peace and love and joy and happiness, creative. And then we meet Julian, who is not as creative, who's 100% a Debbie Downer, who mm -hmm. nays and poo-poos on his mom. <laughs> and he's not a fan of Usama. He says that um, he's using her. And Debbie's like, you know, he's the things that he says about their, her relationship with Osama is that he's hateful about it. He gets on her case about it. He thinks that she's being used. And she's like, you know, I'm 67. I, it's not even about money. He hasn't asked me about money. And do you really think that I would just give my bank accounts over like that? And then we find out he's a police officer. And like, I just feel like Mr. From the South police officer has a specific way he does his business mm -hmm. and he sees things in only a certain way. And perhaps mm -hmm. to him, everything is black and white and there are no shades of gray. Um, but I'm just surprised that this free loving woman has such a rigid son. son. I think we're seeing a post two divorces, Debbie. This is probably not the Debbie that raised him. You know, like he came out of that first marriage where she was not treated well. Um, and then the second marriage, you know, before the affair, you know, she doesn't say how she was treated in that marriage. But I'm just imagining her being a cook and clean kind of housewife, raising that child. That child conforms to authority. She gets two divorces. And now she's a free spirit painter moving to another country. And her son is not, that's not who, that's not who he was raised by. That's what I think. Mm. Interesting. You know, if you, you, I am not the person today that I was when I had my kid at 23. So I imagine for her at 67, she's probably far away. I see what you're saying. I don't like him. I don't like him either. He gave me, well, first of all, I, I have an admitted bias against people who choose to be police officers. Um, I will admit it. I just, sometimes I think that people are after a certain power dynamic when they choose the career. Um, and that's one of them that I feel like that happens with. Also police officers have like the highest rate of domestic violence. So and then he's from Georgia and he's a police officer and I just got Confederate vibes from him. I got Confederate vibes too. I didn't want to say it. That's why I was like, <laughs> he's from the South. He sees things black and white. And then he's going to come over to the house and talk crazy to his mama saying that uh, Usama is uh, young. He comes from a third world country. Mm. He has no job. Mm -hmm. And she's being 100% catfish. Well, she went there three times. Yeah, that's not what catfish back, is. So that's not what catfish is. Yeah. So let's also know what words we're using, Julian. Yeah. Second of all, he's worried, Julian's worried that Osama's going to take everything from her. But I got the vibe that he doesn't want his mom to live her best life because he's waiting for his the estate he's waiting for the trust he's waiting mm -hmm. for that money and if she's gonna spend it on someone else and not have that money for banked him. up for when she passes yeah. away so he can collect mm 
That's what he's mad at. He's yeah. not mad at, oh, mom's living her best life. Let her go and live her best life. He's thinking, oh, wait a minute. That's mom money that I've been sitting here waiting on doing all the things. Like you said, she's now a free spirit and maybe she wasn't a free spirit 20 years ago and he feels he put in his time. So he's about to get his check once this lady croaks. You know what he could do if that's what he was worried about? He could go with her. On any of the visits that she's had so far, he could have gone. He could go this time and stay for a week or whatever. Because he's not worried about her. He's worried about that money, if honey. He really, if he was really, truly concerned about his mom and the way that he's saying that he is, he could just go and meet him. But he's choosing not to. Instead, he's choosing to be like, he's he's this brown man trying to get your money. That's it. That part. So they argue back and forth, back and forth. He's like, Lord, give me strength. I was like, Julian, what you're not about to do is pull in <laughs> our Lord, God, and Savior into your biased, shitty attitude. That's what you're not about to do. God is not going to be rewarding all of what you're doing. Just say. So they argue. Um, and then my favorite line of the night. I didn't just fall off the turnip truck. Julian. <laughs> <laughs> in the course of this this season debbie's gonna say like every quintessential southern phrase like next episode she's gonna be like lord willing and the creek don't rise i'm i'm here for it i am here for it Oh, hey, Lisa. Hey, girl. Hey, hey, Stevie. Hey. So last and certainly not least, <laughs> what you laughing Sorry. at? Natata. Oh, Natata. I can't even, but you're not wrong, Natata. <laughs> you're not wrong. Um, last and certainly not least, let's talk about uh, Danielle and Johan. I just want to put this disclaimer mm. out there. I really do love Danielle and she really is lovely and if you're new to this channel and you haven't checked out the interview that I did with her please go check it out now that my page is back and all my content is back check that out but I I don't know if she's getting a bad edit I don't know if she's having an off season I don't know what it is but I will tell you that uh, this what she's doing right now is driving me crazy it's ridiculous because, because let me just throw this out there real real quick for, okay, I'm about to go on a rant. Y'all know how I get sometimes, but I have to. I have to get this out of my system. Okay, Danielle. First of all, you had this shotgun wedding, right? Where it was weird. If you guys remember back back in her season on Love and Paradise, where they just like walked on the beach, they faced each other, they said some words. There was not. There was no officiate. There was no nothing. There was no paper, and then they ran into the water, and we were all confused. Like, are you married? Are you not married? Like, what was that? The marriage was that the wedding? I don't get it. But <laughs> you loved him then. You talked about the baby leg, all the things, and how much you loved him and wanted to be with him. But you also know he was broke as a joke because you met him. He had no money. You decided to be in a relationship with him. And yes, you complained about the $200 peanuts, but guess what? You still paid. Mm -hmm. You complained about uh, buying his tuxedo that was like $60 or whatever it was for the wedding. But guess what? You, you still, still pay. pay. You complained that you pay for everything for the dinners and the meals out, but guess what? You still paid. So you set up the tone for your relationship. Yes. You set up what you're willing 
to put up with and what you're not willing to put up with. So what you're not about to now do is marry the man who you already knew was broke as a joke and then go around and complain how he doesn't have any money, how he's not going to contribute, how he can't contribute, and you don't want to be the sole breadwinner. You came in as a sole breadwinner, Danielle. Things well, have not changed. One, sorry. Things have not changed. He's trying to be a better person by starting a business. And guess what you're doing? You're poo-pooing on his business. You're you're not only like, hey, we're not going to go to America so that I can be in the land of the free and the where dreams come true. Okay. If that's not the case, now he's he's in the Dominican Republic. He started a business. He's trying to build generational wealth for him and his family. And you want to shut that down. And not only do you want to shut that down, you want him to put a time frame of six months that you're going to shut this down. And what's your plan? No. Nope. Not yeah. for it. You're, it's making you look dumb. It's making you look selfish. And it's making me feel like you don't understand who you married. And mm -hmm. you indeed married him. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm done. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. I agree. I just, one little minor, like tiny thing is that he's not actually broke. He's simply supporting a ton of people. He's, he's supporting like so many people in that household that he doesn't have the extra money to do. Now, if she was willing to look for a place for them to live outside of what she already admitted is the expat community, then they could find somewhere to live where his contribution would go further but she's not willing to do that she wants to look at apartments that are two thousand dollars a month which is ridiculous so she wants so this is another thing that i just think like americans sometimes you got to take the american out of you and just look to see where you are and perhaps a different environment and you let go of what you only know mm -hmm. might change your perspective and it might actually give you a whole different journey. Mm -hmm. But the simple fact that, you know, you go to friggin' Timbuktu and you want McDonald's and you go to Tubuktu and you want a Walmart because you want to know what's familiar to you and you want to go where you want to go. And then you go to the McDonald's in yeah. Timbuktu and it doesn't taste like the McDonald's in America. And then you complain and it drives me crazy. So Danielle's here in the Dominican Republic. She wants a lush apartment and there are things that are must haves and she must have while they're apartment hunting a dishwasher, a washer and dryer in suite two bedrooms and two bathrooms. She needs parking. She needs a pool. She needs a terrace and she needs AC in every room. She's ridiculous. She's ridiculous. Um, She's ridiculous. But I know it's like, it's such an uh, American thing because when I moved, I moved to Mexico, I told you, um, I had a tiny apartment that was on top of a bodega. I didn't have an onion, uh, onion. I didn't have an oven. I didn't have a microwave and the bedrooms, me and my son's bedroom, I had to walk through the bedroom to get to the living room. So, and we had one bathroom that had outdoor plumbing. So we had to like cover it to not smell the smell come up from the ground. That was for me, I'm like, I, I'm here to have an authentic experience. And also I want to live off of what I earn here. So I need to get an apartment where I can pay for, you know, out of pesos, not out of dollars. But every single person who came to visit me was like, oh, my God, April, do you need some money? <laughs> like, they could not understand the idea that someone would want, like, a real unique experience. 
Yeah, I just, yeah. Yep. And then the other thing that I don't understand about Danielle, Danielle, if you're listening, is that you left New York City and you said you don't want the hustle and bustle and you don't want to pay all the things. But then you're looking for a $2,000 apartment in the Dominican Republic. A $2,000 apartment? Yeah. That's ridiculous. What? That's I, really ridiculous. I just, I don't understand. I just don't understand. And then, and then you're complaining. And here's the thing. So... The other part that I just cannot, I just was like, nah, no. She's like, she doesn't think that her business is going to last. And she literally asked him, what are you going to need to close it? That's your husband. Where is your, where is the support? Where's the encouragement? Where is like, hey, listen, you tried to do something. How can I help make you successful? What can I do? Yeah to continue to support your dream and your goals. Why does she care? I was trying to understand why does she care? If it less if it is losing money, why does she care? But she she's not funding it, is she? Well, that she's not, but she feels like I guess that's taking away from their marital money. I don't know. I don't know why she's being so unsupportive because she also too is a small business owner mm -hmm. and she too is going to start her yoga or whatever online that's going to take money and you're not going to be successful right away it's like running a youtube page you're not going to have ten thousand followers right away you have to build that shit so like i don't i don't understand <laughs> a refrigerator for the bathroom <laughs> i don't understand where she's coming from and the other part that i didn't like at all april and you know the Dominican culture, okay? And also just even African culture. I'm just gonna tell you guys, in a lot of cultures, it's whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not, it's very like machismo and male dominated. And when she said oh. to this six foot seven Dominican Republic man, that she's going to need him to come home and do the cooking and cleaning um, and do more things at home. She said, if I pay for everything, you have to do more around the house because you're my wife. I said, if that is not the most emasculating thing to say to this man, I don't know what is. And yeah. it's the deep disrespect. You know who you married. You know what he was bringing to the table. And now not only are you poo-pooing on his hopes and dreams. Not only are you not supporting his vision for building generational wealth and starting a, a business, but now you're emasculating him. Yeah. She's you're she's playing into the stereotype that she doesn't like. We don't like that stereotype that women do these things. So why are you playing into it to insult him? You know, but I also didn't like when he said, um, um, you don't want to cook for me. And she said, she doesn't want to work. And he was like, it's not work. It's cooking for your husband. What? That is work. <laughs> he, said, he said, in the Dominican Republic, the man, he said, goes out and work, comes home. And the woman goes out and works and come home. But she also cooks. I was <laughs> like, I, I, I'm still stuck on everything that Danielle was doing. That all the things that he was saying, I was just like, oh, y'all didn't have the conversation, did you? This was like the worst conversation in the whole show. But they like, didn't have the conversation, April, before they got married. No, they didn't. What roles are you two playing in your in your well relationship? He thought they were gonna be in New York. So 
this wasn't a conversation that Johan would have ever anticipated that he was having. <laughs> Listen, I haven't seen either of them cook. I haven't seen either of them clean. I'm just saying. And now you're looking for a 2000 US dollar apartment in the Dominican Republic? Like, let's get real. And there are reasonable places that she could live that oh, are absolutely. not going to be so expensive. But I guess since she's coming from New York, where she said she was paying like 4000 a month, is that what she said before in the other episode? Uh, I can't remember how much, but she was paying a lot that she didn't want to pay. 3500 I think she said. I guess she's looking at it like, I get a better deal with all the amenities here for a smaller price, but to pay that price in the Dominican is ridiculous. In my opinion. Diana said, Linda, if I ever get married, I will make a checklist with your topics. I swear. Listen, Diana, Absolutely. do it. I actually got a message from someone that I actually helped. She was in a relationship. She asked the question, found out that they were on totally different pages and they had to part ways. I'm saving you time now so that mm -hmm. you don't have a bunch of divorces under your belt. That's all I'm saying. Have the conversations. Have the conversations. They're important. Mm -hmm. I agree. That being said, um, any last thoughts, April? Last thoughts. I really, I said earlier that I was not rooting for anybody, but I want Danielle to have a better edit or either like have some more optimism, ma'am. Um, because I did, I watched her interview. I liked her. I liked her sharing her spirituality. Um, and I, I think she has, you know, potential to be like a really good character on the show if she would just stop being such a negative Nancy or at least tell us why you're being so negative. Like if you want him to shut the shop, man, they're already shot it. It's not going to happen now. Do you want him to shut it down because he's asking you for money every month to help run it? Then, okay, I understand. But, like, it seems like you're just being negative for no reason. Yeah. And you weren't like that in any of your other seasons. So what happened? You got married and got bitter? What? Tell me. No idea. Like, the make sudden idea that he's going to Make it make sense. Rebecca says, I got to go watch the interview now. Rebecca, yeah. please go watch it. You'll love it. Um, and Bobby says, we really did miss you. You guys, I missed you guys too. This is so much fun. That's why we've been talking so long. Uh, April, thank you so much for just always being available and coming on and, and shedding your wisdom that. and your light and you're doing the work of so many. Okay. You're doing the work of so many because you're educating us. And let me tell you, education is going to be key for all of us to just try to really understand each other better. And I'm about that. Yeah. Um, Graham says, I want to know if he knows about the bankruptcy she filed in New York. If he didn't know, he knows now because it went viral. It's all over the internet. Everyone's talking about it. So if he didn't know, he knows now. And Amanda says, thank you, Queens. Thank you, guys. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Don't forget to tell your friends that my page is back. And um, let's get those numbers up, you guys. I see that, you know, you missed me and I missed you. So let's let's grow the page and like share the love. Um, yes, thank you. I enjoy you ladies so much. We enjoy you guys. Thank you, Linda and April. Let's all thank April. Thank you, you guys definitely make sure to go check out her YouTube page. And um, the link that she sent, I don't, I will put it in the description.
because for some reason it won't go in our live chat. Until tomorrow, you guys. Bye for now. Bye. Bye, guys. My hands look green. <laughs> it, they do. Right? Weird. <laughs>